Welcome to Practice Freedom. What if you could hang out with owners and founders from all sorts of healthcare private practices, having rich conversations about their successes and their failures, and then take an insight or two to inspire your own growth? Each week on Practice Freedom, we take an in-depth look at how to get the most out of both the clinical side and the business side of the practice, get the most out of your people, and most of all, how to live the healthy life that you deserve. I'm Mark Henderson Leary. I'm a business coach and an entrepreneurial operating system implementer. I have a passion that everyone should feel in control of their life. And so what I do is I help you get control of your business. Part of how I do that is by letting you listen in on these conversations in order to make the biggest impact in your practice and ultimately live your best life. Let's get started. Hey, quick little encouragement here. One of the things that's so valuable for us and yet so hard to get is good feedback. Everybody's got it. Everybody says it out loud or in their head, but such a small amount of it makes it to me. So we're doing everything we can to make it as easy as possible to get it to us. So in the show notes, there's a link. You can click it and you can send us a voice memo. So please do that. Send us that feedback. We want everything. Ask us questions, whatever you got. We're going to keep the conversation going. We're going to continue to obsess on making it on ways to make it easier to get the feedback to and from us because I want this to be an ongoing conversation with everybody. And so uh, I guess two things, bear with us as we figure that out, but also please pressure test the system and and use the tools and send us some information and send us some feedback and, and give us all your feedback along the way. And if for some reason, well, for any reason, you're finding it hard to get in touch with us or give us feedback, please send us that and uh, we'll figure out how to meet you where you are because this is an important conversation. So again, show notes, look for the link to send us a voice memo or anything you find access to. Shoot us an email, go for the website, but certainly uh, sending the voice memos are really cool and fun because I can reply directly to you. Uh, look forward to that feedback. Hey there, welcome back to Practice Freedom. So I wanted to do a little bit deep dive on some of the concepts that I talked about with Keith Johnson last time. Lots in there. So in the mindset of a very typical successful, let's be crystal clear, like Dr. Keith Johnson's successful. He's built a great brand, does great work, he's best in class. And he gives us some insight into some of the variables, maybe chaos even, and that's normal. And it's not, we don't want that long-term. We don't want more of that. (laughs) So we want to try to unpack how to simplify that and uh, make it easier. There is an easier way. So lots of concepts. Let's just start off with the big one, and that is how to say no. And I've talked about this subject, I wouldn't say ad nauseum, but a lot, and it bears repeating, that crises of scarcity versus crises of abundance. Scarcity is when we're out of stuff. We're out of food, out of water, out of air. Uh, out of money. And uh, humans are, are historically programmed to handle these. We know what to do. Slow it down, eat less, ration, work harder, sell more, do things like this. It's not fun. It's painful. But if you think about it, most of us have experienced a situation where we had to do that and probably successfully managed it. But oftentimes, in very extreme conditions. The flip side is crises of abundance. When we got lots of stuff, Lots of food, lots of time, lots of money, lots of capability. And we're very bad at this as humans. There has not evolutionarily been a need for us to get good at solving crises of abundance. So what's the cost of not solving an abundance crisis? Well, lots of things 
This is usually most noticeable in things like damaging our reputation, saying yes too often, not being able to follow through, failing to meet expectations, broken promises at the worst level, burning people out, cultures that are worn out, us not enjoying our life, not being fun, sloppy work, and all the stuff that goes with that. You know, when we get more in a situation, we got more food, what do we do? We eat it. Got more money, we spend it. Got more time, we waste it. And what we do with too much, we're not good. We got too much capability. We do everything. We say yes to everything. And so what we were talking about with Keith was that the discipline has to be saying no, of course. That's somewhat straightforward. But it's not that easy to do. And one of the reasons it's not that easy to do is there's work we have to do first. And that is to get clear on what it is to say yes. Knowing that we're not going to say yes very often, or maybe not. Maybe we go into this exercise wondering what we would say yes to. What we know is that if we can get really dialed in on what we can say yes to, our superpowers, our passions, our purpose, then we get really good at it, right? And so when we can tap into the impact of what we would like to see happening, what we think when we look in the mirror, we might actually be able to do, we should start to see that unfold in its 10x capacity. You know what? I really can help people see better. I can prevent blindness. I can help people live longer. I can help people get back on the track. I can make people feel better at work. I can make it so people can play with their kids. And as you start to tap into the real power, then I want you to start seeing that it's pretty intense, that it's not a minor gift. And, and that's kind of a pause, right? Because what I'm describing in general is what I would advise any of my clients and friends and businesses to work with. But in this healthcare space where we've got lots of doctors and healthcare providers of all types, there's some real power here, like real power. You can really change lives. It's not accidental that the God complex amongst doctors is real. And so I'm not encouraging narcissism here, but I'm asking you to honor the gift and the capacity. And what would happen if we could teach more people to do it at a higher level, if we could build an organization that was process-driven and focused on doing this at the highest level and understanding that, and this is what we would call in the EOS world, our purpose, cause, or passion. This should be abundance of energy. What would make a big difference? We should do lots of it. And then let's take this back down to how do we focus that? Our niche in the, in the EOS world. How do we, what's our narrow lane of expertise where we can't, or where we don't waste that energy? When we start re- realizing the cost of saying yes to things outside of that lane, like we can do a great job, might even be like best in class at, at this one thing. But the opportunity to be 10x, 100x more powerful, more prolific, have more practices, more doctors doing it this way, more people experiencing what we could do, the cost should start to feel pretty high. So you're doing very good work outside your lane. You're doing amazing, life-changing work inside your lane and building the discipline to go with that. So this is theoretical, maybe at this stage. So let's make this a little bit tangible. Does your practice focus on allowing people to you know, lose weight and enjoy themselves? Do you prevent blindness? Do you help people see better? Do you help people deal with cancer? Do you help people get out of depression? This stuff is high value. And anything we do that takes away from it is it's irresponsible. Just a quick reminder, the point of this show is to help create, help you create a profitable, 
healthy healthcare practice with a great culture, making a huge impact that gives you the life you deserve, that best life, that best impact, whatever that is. However, if you still feel like you've got so many challenges, you wouldn't even know where to start. That actually just makes you normal. And so that's why the first step in the practice freedom process is to choose and implement what we call a business operating system. Now, I am an EOS guy, the entrepreneurial operating system. That's the system I've chosen. I believe in it. I believe it is the best job. It's simplifying complex problems. And so if you are considering the journey to practice freedom, that's the first step. And if you'd like to figure out if EOS is the right fit for you, please reach out, hit us at practicefreedom.com slash schedule to schedule a quick call with me to help decide whether or not EOS could be the right step for you. One of my clients, not in healthcare, found that when they realized that they had a product that was non-chemical to deal with fire suppression in a place where the industry is using chemical fire suppression that is known carcinogen, the light kind of went on for them that they felt like, you know what, this isn't just a product that's innovative and helpful. This is a product that displaces really bad stuff. And their purpose kind of tapped them on the shoulder. Like, we kind of have an obligation now. We have to get out there. Like, it's going to be hard what we're about to do. But we got to be out there because there's a bunch of cancer-causing systems out there that are actually causing cancer. And if no one gets out there and and makes it easy for these non-chemical systems to be in place, people are going to die. And it is a real humbling experience. So I want you doing that too. If you showed up, and I hope, and if you're listening to this and you're like, ah, I don't really care, my stuff's not high value. Like, I don't need you. <laughs> so listen, or, or I want you to look in the mirror and ask the question and say, seriously, do you not have a godly gift? Do you seriously not have some kind of godly gift? And I don't want you, again, I don't want narcissis, narcissism to be prolific here, but let's really be honest. Are, are you not in possession of some miracle? And maybe that miracle is people looking better in the mirror with an amazing pair of glasses that allows them to see that's convenient. or they don't have to have glasses. They got contacts and so they can swim now. Whatever it is, these things are like, it's pretty amazing. I know you do. Even, like glasses is a great one because like 100 pairs a day, like it's so routine. But seriously, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. People like buying that stuff. Dentistry, you know, they, they're really good. Dentistry, if it's you, you're at the leading edge of like showing people what people will pay for. Like we got a bunch of elective surgical or they're non-surgical dentistry we can be doing that people will pay cash for and they love it. They freaking love it. They will pay tons of money for it. And that's because it's super high value. So you can and should be leaning into that and figuring out how do we get the distractions to go away? What fires me up? What's really selfish? And I talk about this a lot, but the purpose, cause, or passion and your vision to some extent, and they're, and they're kind of in the same bucket. This is selfish. This has to be something that just kind of either comes from within, your purpose is something that gives you energy. You can't turn it off. And that might, but still using the terminology, passion is very often that emotional side of things. Like I just have a passion. I'm gonna go do this. I like to win. I like to, I like to win. I like to do things that people say can't be done. That's amazing when you can do that. And that's great. But there is kind of a hierarchy here. Purpose is a little, a little more humble. Purpose kind of comes from the outside sometimes. But don't try to push for purpose. I mean, I'm... If you're reading books on purpose and all that, that's, that's great. I want purpose in your mind as a concept right now. 
And it should be something about intentionality that we're trying to do something important. And so if your purpose is driven around your emotion and that might call it a passion, but a purpose might be like, our, I, we, we are drawn to do something very purposeful. And it should be something that feel, makes it feel like it's really going to draw you into it. Even if you were chosen or selected, I've discovered that I have a talent for helping people with massively bad orthopedic injuries. And, you know, I may not have a passion for it anymore, but I may sense the purpose that like, I've got a gift and I feel a responsibility or an obligation. And anything in that space, anything of that emotional, anything in that pull, it has to be something that speaks to you with no one else in the room. And that's important because it's going to have to sustain you in some very uncomfortable (laughs) times. And so trying to select someone else's purpose, copy someone else's purpose. And I really, again, I, I don't want you, this is not, it cannot be academic. I say again, but I say this a million times, but you probably haven't heard me say this. This is not academic. This cannot be academic. We're not trying to go write some really pithy sounding cool stuff to go share with our peers that makes them think we're cool. This really, nobody else in the room, nobody else in the room. You read what you wrote, a few words. I'm here to cure blindness. I'm here to make people able to live normal lives thought impossible after the accident. You look at this, you write this down and you think to yourself, wow, I really care about this. I could do this a lot. And if we could do something important with this, it'd be a big deal. That's what we're after. It's simple language, something that galvanizes us. And as we get clear on what we're trying to do in the narrow lane, we're going to do that for this type of patient, this type of situation, these types of injuries, this type of disease, this type of eye, this type of whatever. Get that narrowly focused. That's your formula. That's how you learn to say no. Because anything outside of that's a distraction. Anything out of, outside of that, it's, a, it's um, what's the word I said before? Irresponsible. Because we have massive impact we can make by not being distracted. And we can learn to say no. And so that's the idea for that. So I hope that's helpful. I really wanted to dive into that specific concept about how we think of purpose and how we say no. There's some other things that go with that, and I'll pick those up in future episodes. Just wanted that tidbit to kind of crystallize that and make it tangible for you. If you got questions, reach out to us. Like and subscribe. Send it to your friends. Hope it's helpful. We'll see you next time on Practice Freedom with me, Mark Henderson Leary.